Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. We've been learning a lot out of the book of Haggai um, since we received the word of the Lord to awaken the pioneer spirit within us. Welcome uh, this morning and those online as well. Great to have you with us. Um, And in that season in Haggai, it was a time when um, they were standing at a crossroads. They were standing at a crossroads of the destiny of the people of God. They had one chance to change their future and the future of the generations to come. They had this opportunity to build back the presence of God in the centre of the people. To build the presence of God back into the centre of the people. This was incredibly important. They were scattered. They were dispersed. They were individuals. And this was their opportunity to collectively come together as the people of God. And as such, they had lost their their power of identity while they were scattered and dispersed. And I think that's been one problem out of this whole COVID pandemic and that what happened uh, over the years because of lockdowns, because of, you know, sort of separation and people, you know, fractured. It has caused such a a individual attitude to arise in people. And we've lost the power of that synergy. The power of the church coming together as the church. We've lost the power of that identity. And um, there's a godly principle that says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. And as the saying goes, we're better together. Amen? We are better together. Why? Because we are the church. And we should never let our identity be fractured. Let's read Haggai chapter 1 in your Bibles. Haggai chapter 1 verse, uh, where are we, 12 and 14. It says, Then Zerubbabel, son of Shintil, Joshua, son of Zosadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him. And the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shintil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Zozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God on the 24th day of the sixth month. There is a, a, the key to this passage that I just read, the absolute key, something, you know, quite small, just two little words. In verse 14, it says, they came. It says, they came. 
put it in the context, you'll understand that they were individuals. They were totally focused upon their own individual endeavours, building their own panelled houses, and the cost of that was that the house of God laid in ruins. The very epicentre of the presence of God for each and every individual's life, for every generation laid in ruins. But they came. They came. As individuals, they lived in a very small world. A very small world. It was about theirs and their own and their endeavours and, you know, their exploits and, and, you know, it was very small. But when they came together, they worked on God's house. They received a big world mentality, a big world mentality. See, on their own, they could do very little, but coming together, they changed the future of their nation. One principle, they came together. They stopped saying, no, it's about me and my own, but I'm a part of something greater. I'm a part of something bigger, something that has an incredible influence in my world. And the synergy of that, the multiplication of that changed the nation. That's exciting to be a part of that. Three things we can learn from that passage of Scripture today that they came to work. Look at verse 14. It says here, So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Zosadak, the high priest, and the spirit of, of the whole remnant of the people, and they came and began to work. First thing they did. Now we need to get back on the job. So we need to get back on to what God's purpose is. The problem they had before was that they started to build and they started strong. They got the foundation and they, they built the foundation, but then something happened. Something happened. A, a, a distraction came in. Something stopped them. And the reality is that that, you know, when you stop an endeavour, when you lose that momentum, man, it's hard to get that going again. Amen? Just human nature. You know, while we're all fired up and excited and, and pumped, you know, we can do anything. But, you know, if that wanes, if something distracts us, if a butterfly goes past and we, we move into a different direction, to get back to what we should be doing is so hard. Amen? I know there are people probably listening online today that have wandered, that have, you know, been in a church at some point and, you know, something happened and sort of it went sideways for a while and then, and you know, but to come back to where God had purposed their destiny can quite often be a hard choice. They probably experienced, you know, the worst what the world can offer. But there comes a point where you've got to get back to his purpose upon your life. Suddenly they were no longer single focused. They were building the temple, they were single focused, but then something happened and they were distracted and because of that multiple options came in like a flood 
came in like a flood and 14 years went like that. 14 years went like that and the foundation laid in ruins. And it's, it's just very hard to get motivated on your own. Is that right? Very hard. Who's ever, who's ever made a decision, New Year's Eve, you know, this year, uh, 2023, um, you know, I'm getting fit. I'm getting fit. Maybe 2022, you made that decision. You know, it was sort of, I'm getting fit. In the lockdowns, I, I fattened up. You know, I was grazing in a good paddock in the lockdowns and uh, put it on a bit of weight, didn't get too much exercise. I'm going to change that this year. 2022 is my year. How'd you go? How'd you go? It's hard on your own. It's just hard on your own. It just is. Even Jesus said in John 14, 11 and 12, he said, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Jesus didn't even do it alone. And he was God. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these. You see, he was speaking to the religious people of the day. The contrast was that these religious leaders, you know, were based on, on what they knew, was based upon their knowledge, as long as they were keepers of the law. But Jesus demonstrates his relationship with the Father by the works that he did. They hadn't seen any blind eyes open. They hadn't seen any cripples walk. They'd seen not one miracle. They knew, they knew their, their Torah inside out, every word, unmistakable. They knew it. They knew the word. But it was never evidenced by the works that they did. Never evidenced by that until Jesus came along. It was obvious that he wasn't alone. And, you know, we saw in uh, Luke chapter 4, 18, um, a couple of weeks ago, the, the mission Jesus was on, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, he says, because he, he has anointed me, right? This is Jesus. He isn't the he. It was the Father. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he, the Father, has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. They were a team. He was on mission. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing. Now, I'm sure right across this room and, and people sitting at home watching today, I am sure, I'm convinced that if I was to ask them, do you believe? We would say, of course. That's why I'm here today. That's why I gave up such blue skies and beautiful warm day and a fantastic opportunity to do something else, but no, I'm here today. Why? Because I believe. I believe. Well, I've got to ask the question, you know, is the evidence, is that evidence by the, the works that I do? 
Is that evidenced by the way I live my life? Now, I'm not saying you get salvation by works. That's, that's got nothing to do with this. I say I believe, then is the work of my life as I live my life, is that evidence, evidence that he is in my life? Are we continuing the work that Jesus did? On a daily basis, are we continuing that work? Or as individuals, do we look at the work and say, oh, it's too hard. It's too hard. It's beyond me. It's too big for me. I can't, I can't scratch it, no. And yeah, it, it is. It is a big job. There's so much need in our world. There's so much pain and suffering in our world. Yeah, it is a big job. But you know what? They came together and the work began. They came together and the work began. You know, we come together as the body of Christ living for his purpose and we will accomplish great things. I'm surprised there's any tags left on that Christmas tree. I'm surprised. Why? Because when we come together, we come with purpose and our works demonstrate our relationship about what we have with him and about what we believe. And the truth is, when we come together as a church, we just get stuff done. We don't talk about it. You know, we don't sort of, oh, that's sad, isn't it? That's too bad, yeah. No, we can fix that. No, we can make a difference there. Together, we come together. We've got that synergy working for us. We've got the multiplication, you know, of the Spirit of God upon us. We can meet that need. We can change that life. That circumstance can turn around, amen? Why? Because we're the church. And we're not alone. The Father was with us. Because we come here to worship. In verse 14 there again it says that they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. Their God. See, there's a shift, folks. There's a shift in their heart. There's a shift in their motivation. There's, when they were individuals, he was a God. He came together with the revelation, with the word of the Lord, awakened the pioneer spirit within you, the word of the Lord. He becomes their God. He becomes our God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why are we doing this? We're doing this for our God. This is our God. To worship. They moved from their individual lifestyles and they came together to build something for the glory of God. Their God. Their God. This was not just turning up another day on a job site. You know, another day to, to pull in and do a day's work. No. This was personal. This was personal. They were doing it for their God. Their God. This, this wasn't work for them. This was worship. This was worship. They one had a trowel and some mud. One was carrying a brick. What was that? Worship. They came to worship their God. 
Sure, they were doing the physical motions of building the temple, working on the job site, but their motivation came from a heart of worship. Something shifted. Something had come back. The word of the Lord came and opened their mind. They caught the revelation of who they were and the destiny of their time. That was powerful. That's powerful. And when the temple was finished, it was excellent. I, I never saw it. But I can guarantee you it was excellent because I know the heart that was motivated to build it. It was a place of worship, not just in the Holy of Holies. The whole temple was put together by worshippers. Worshippers. Jesus taught in Matthew 25, you know, he spoke about the parable of the, the sheep and the goats. And, and, you know, we, we don't like that scripture, you know, because Jesus separates the sheep and the goats and he, and he says to the sheep, you know, come on in, uh, you know, enter your reward. And he's like, well, you know, why? And he said, well, you fed the poor, you looked after, you fed, sorry, you fed me and and you looked after me, and when I was sick, you, when I was in prison, you came and visited me. And, and, the, and the sheep are like, well, wait a minute, sorry, Lord, but when did we do that? I don't remember you ever being in prison. I don't remember ever visiting you. So when you did it for, in verse 40, it says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. Why? Because it's worship. It's worship. Worship's more than coming together and, and raising our arms and, and singing some songs, and, and that's great. I love it. I absolutely love coming together in corporate worship, but that's not the only thing worship is. You know, when I care for that neighbour, when I encourage that kid, now, that little kid that, that, you know, that walks in, you know, this high and, and you encourage them and they walk past you that high. That's worship. That's worship. You don't have to do that. You get nothing from that kid. There's nothing in that for you. Amen? Why do it for him? Everything we do, we do as an act of worship. We do it unto the Lord and he receives that as worship. Please, don't, don't just come to serve on a roster. Oh, I've got to go to church today. I'm, I'm, I'm the B team. I'm on roster. No, no, you come to worship. Everything you do, every, everything you are, every, every word you speak on that day that brings life everywhere you go, it's worship unto the Lord. Powerful. When you do RE in schools, breakfast at the schools, you worship the Lord. When we come together as a church and do some amazing things in our community that we focus upon every Christmas time, you know, we do amazing things. We do amazing things in India. You know, it's all worship. It's worship unto the Lord. So we come to work and we come to worship, and thirdly today, we come to win. We come to win. Look at, look at verse 9 
in that passage of Scripture. Chapter 2, verse 9, it says, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord, their God, their God. And then the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. See, once they put aside their individual pursuits, once, once they caught that revelation of, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm the church. I'm not an individual that adds some religious ritual onto my life. No, I'm born again and I'm a part of the body of Christ. I am the church. I am the church. And as such, that revelation shows me that a responsibility that when I come together to work, to worship, I win. We win together. We win and whatever we do will be greater than anything that we've experienced in the past. This current house will be greater than the former. That's God's plan. Are you on board with God's plan? I mean, isn't this what Christianity really is? The world has separated itself from the church. <coughs> and they've gone off to do their own thing in their own mind and in their own understanding. And can I tell you today, they've done a poor job. They've done a poor job. We've had different, different world views over the centuries that would spin your head. But the word has always remained the same. And it's still here. It's still here. Philosophies, fads, the newest things, they come and go. They come and go. New, new ideas, new thinking, fresh, oh, you know, I think we've got this and that. They come and go. This remains the same. Why? Because when you align your heart with this, you win. You win. That's it. You win. Align their focus. They came together, realigned their focus upon who they really were, and they built the presence of God back in the center of where it should be in the hearts of the people. And they won. They won. You've got to know, folks, you know, you've got to make a decision. We are not the world. We are not the world. And I have watched people for years and years and years try and blend. Try and blend the two together. It's like I can have the best of this and, and I can throw in a bit of this on the, you know, and kind of, you know, make it work together. It won't work. You can't mix oil and water. It won't work, folks. You've got to make a decision who you are. If you say you believe, then you are one in Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. I don't care what you think about yourself. I'm telling you what the Bible says about you. 
that you are valuable. You are His possession. You've been formed and shaped with a destiny, a ministry in your mother's womb. He knew you and brought you here today, not by accident, but by divine plan that when we come together, we fulfil His purpose, amen, in our time. And this is our opportunity. This is the way we win. You remember I spoke Romans 8.28 last week or the week before. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. That's how we win. That's how we win. You can't deflect this. It's our purpose. We come together as the church, the body of Christ, united to fulfill His purpose and the favour of God rests upon His people. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I believe when it says in this place, I don't believe it's a, a geographical place. I believe it's a spiritual position. When it says there'll be peace in this place, it doesn't mean like you walk in this building and all of a sudden, bing, peace. Oh. No, no, I don't believe that. I believe because I catch the revelation of this, because I align my heart with His purpose, His plan for my life, because I'm a part of, of fulfilling the destiny that is upon this house. Honestly, folks, it doesn't matter what happens after that. I'm in the right place at the right time, and I'm in His hands. And there's a peace in that. There's a peace in that. Man, you've got to catch this. You've got to catch this. You know, I, I titled this message, Freedom in Christ. And you're probably thinking, why would you say that? You haven't mentioned it the whole message. That's what all this is about. It doesn't matter what circumstance, situation you go through. When you align your heart with His plan and His purpose, and we come together as the church and the favour of God rests upon us. It doesn't matter what happens and stuff will happen, amen? That's called life. Stuff will happen, but it doesn't matter because in this place, in the stance, in the position that I take in you, my God, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Man, that's a good place to live. It's a good place to live. I spoke at a recovery group on Thursday night. Is anybody here from that group? I thought I saw some faces. I spoke at a recovery group on Thursday night, and um, many of you wouldn't know, but last Monday I had a, a biopsy um, on my throat. I've been struggling with my throat. I had 
stage four throat cancer 13 years ago and now stuff has sort of emerged in the same spot and um and uh you know it's it's been a bit of a challenge i've had a biopsy they said no it, no cancer and then but it just hasn't gone away and over the months it's got worse and worse and so we said we better take another biopsy so they took another biopsy which is always fun you know you like those don't you and uh he said um i'll give you a call with the results great but then i get a text that says we need to see you in, in the do- specialist office at 12 p.m. Friday, right? And that's always like, well, can't you just ring? <laughs> can't you just ring? It's normally bad news when they call you in, right? It's just normally bad news. Anyway, I'm speaking to this recovery uh, group on Thursday night, and, and, you know, I told them that, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get the result. They've called me in. And you know what? I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. I'll just deal with it and move on. Amen? Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to happen. You deal with it, you move on. You win. You win. Why? Because I don't have any other agenda but His agenda. See, we think death is a loss. We don't lose if we die, folks. Hello? It's called heaven. You won't give this place a blink. Amen. Now, none of us in a hurry to get there. Hear me. But Friday we go into the office and it was a mistake. We should have called you. Everything's all right. Now, we've still got a, you know, a journey to go to try and fix this jolly thing so I can keep preaching, but honestly, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You win. You win. We're not individuals. We come together as a church. If you're listening at home, And I love online for people that, you know, definitely geographically can't make it here. We've got people all over the world that watch our our online. So I'm cool with that. And we have some people with health issues that, you know, they, they can't physically come to the building. That's great. Like, watch it, you know, enjoy it. But if you're doing it because you're just, you know, a bit busy, a bit tired, don't want to make the effort today. And I get that because the flesh loves that, but we need to come together as the church in this hour. This is our time. We can't waste 14 years. We can't let it slip away. This affects our generations. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise this morning. Thanks, Mike. Take us out. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.